You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here once again on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast feed with Mike Cadlick from WEEI.com. That means... It is Cadillac's Crucial Clashes time. It does. Each and every week we talk about sort of the finer points, the inner battles, the, yeah, we're still calling them Crucial Clashes, even though <laughs> the season has kind of gone in a direction I'm not sure anyone thought it would. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll kick the title next year and we'll, we'll try and think of something else. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out because Clashes. Yeah, but, you know, well. for now, we're, we're going to finish this out just like the Patriots <laughs> are going to finish this out. But the news of the week, the topic of the week, well, quarterback position which has been the topic of the week for many many weeks now but now it looks like we actually have some change we're looking like that Bailey Zappi will get the start Bailey Zappi took all the uh, reps uh, at practice on Wednesday Bailey Zappi said he would be speaking to the media on Thursday um, which doesn't necessarily mean anything either of those um, aspects to this Malik Cunningham took reps at quarterback which is a little change kind of based on the way Bill O'Brien has talked about things, talking about the fact that Cunningham has mostly worked at wide receiver, although Troy Brown muddied that conversation by saying it's been a 50-50 split. Um, and your they starter, all just lie and They all just lie and contradict they, themselves. They really hilarious. do. They, whether it's players <laughs> or coaches, like, oh, when did you find out Mac was starting last week? Oh, I didn't know. We didn't find out. Yeah, I told him. Oh, well, he got the majority of the reps all week. Like, yep. okay, I don't know where the truth is in any of this crap. But it certainly looks like Bailey Zappi is going to start. Mac Jones, it looks like, could even trend toward being inactive based on the fact that he didn't throw any passes for the Mike Cadlick eyes and the rest of the media on Wednesday. And then reportedly, from what I read, ran some scout team stuff, but that's about it. So let's start there, because I truly believe that this topic right now is not as much about Bailey Zappi starting as it is Mac Jones being sort of pushed to the side. And finally, finally, something at the quarterback position I agree with. I actually made a bet with Fitzy here on Six Rings that it would be Zappi this week, because I just felt like after what we saw at the end in Germany, and then the beginning last week in New York, you couldn't just keep putting Mac Jones out there. You just could. It was conduct detrimental to the team, or I don't even know, exactly. malpractice, whatever the yeah. phrasing would be. So Mike Cadlick, it looks like we're getting Bailey Zappi. What are your thoughts on this change? Yeah, um, I think it's about a week too late. I think that, and I, you know, and I've been on here and you've seen me write and tweet about uh, how much I've defended Mac Jones because I don't think it's his fault. But I do think he's broken. And I think that when you brought in a quarterback like that, who is cerebral and who doesn't necessarily have all of the physical traits and attributes, and, and I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. This is the stuff we've talked about. But you need to surround him with pieces, and they haven't done that. So down the line, and eventually, he just, you know, he combusted. And you saw it in Germany, and then you saw it again last week. And I think after they benched him in Germany, that probably should have been it. I think heading into the bye week, you would have had a better chance to win. 
having prepared Zappy for two weeks to go in against uh, the Giants last week, but that obviously didn't happen. We saw Mac gets one more shot. He again throws two costly, inexcusable interceptions that you just can't have it. And and again, that's not like I mean he knows it too. Like that's the thing that's kind of like. I don't want to say too bad and you, you feel bad for the guy and you do because then I'm Boomer Esiason said it on WEI this week. Like this is his dream and it's turning into a nightmare. And you know, the yips that Arcan tried to, you know, get him to say, and I know that he, he wouldn't really give into that, but it is, it's, it's, it's a mental thing. And he just, he needs to not play football right now. I think that he's not going to get any better at football right now by playing football. He needs to take a step back and reset. So I thought that should have been the decision last week, and it looks like they're finally going to do that this week. Um, and I think it's the right decision. I don't know how much better the offense is going to be with Bailey Sappy running point. Um, it just, it's not, the problems on offense aren't strictly about the quarterback. They, they've, they haven't, um, I guess they haven't set it up around the quarterback properly for them to succeed. So I don't know how much better it's going to be, but I still don't think um, you could trot Mac Jones back out there. Uh, the part you mentioned about the inactive is interesting. I thought when Belichick spoke yesterday about the quarterbacks and he wouldn't give us any any details as to who was going to start, but he did mention we'll see where the injuries are at. So I kind of thought that this was going to be like a a retro to Mac Jones's X-ray in Germany. Yep, shoulder still bothering him, potential injured reserve injury report type thing. Um, so we watched that closely, and he didn't end up on the report. So Mac is healthy. So I am curious to see, like you said, if he is inactive, if he does suit up um, with Cunningham. So this is where it gets interesting is with Cunningham and Will Greer on the practice squad, they can't be a game day elevation and then the emergency quarterback. So Mac Jones, in theory, if he is inactive and they want to assign an emergency quarterback, it probably would be Mac Jones, which I kind of that's even worse. It's like he, he's the first round pick and then he's inactive, but he still has to put his shoulder pads on and sit there right. on the sideline and he can't go in until people get hurt. So uh, the whole thing's a mess. We know it's a mess. We've known it's a mess for the last few weeks, but ultimately I do think it is the the correct decision to go forward and start Bailey's happy this week. Agreed. Um, two things. So I think this is following kind of the Jets. I believe Zach Wilson has been the emergency dressed, but emergency quarterback the last couple of weeks since his benching, they brought in Boyle and Trevor Simeon. I think they brought in as the backup. Um, So it is that weird world where I guess maybe you still need him to be that. Well, I mean, first of all, we need to rewind. Cunningham needs to get on the roster somehow to actually play in the game. if He's the backup quarterback. So there's other details they need to hammer out there. For sure. Um, The other aspect of that is what you brought up that Mac isn't necessarily the problem, but he's part of the problem. And I thought it was interesting, Dan Orlovsky, who's his Mac whisperer, texting buddy, whatever you want to call it, was asked point blank, is it going to make a difference? And it was like, no, it doesn't really matter who you go. I think he threw out like a, you could go to Drew Bledsoe, doesn't really matter. Um, So I want to go down that road. So we've done your mea culpas a couple times, the uh, Mike Kosicki's and the Juju Smith-Schuster's. Yep. Now I guess it's my turn. Okay. I think, Listen closely, I mean, everybody. <laughs> I mean, the end results have to tell me, and this guy actually told me on Tuesday, if I wanted to blame anybody, to blame him, he draws it up. His name is Bill O'Brien. I still think he's a good offensive coach. As he said, he's been doing this 31 years. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing has been as good as anyone wants it to be. That's clear. 
where did that aspect of this go wrong? Like how much blame does Bill O'Brien, who was Robert Kraft's chosen offensive coordinator, he made that clear. And then he said mm -hmm. something to the effect, like, and luckily Bill agreed and we, we got Bill O'Brien, but we all wanted Bill O'Brien. We all thought he knows the Patriots. He knows Alabama. You put them together. It's going to be so good. And it's so bad. Yeah, it is. Um, I just, I, I agree with you. I do think he's a good offensive coach. Um, and I don't even want to say that his system's outdated because I think that the way Which he is popular of, this week, that's yeah. a popular, like, oh, it's outdated. It's got to go. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and I'm sure the way that, um, you know, the way that he sort of matched up what he used to do and what he did in Houston with what they did at Alabama, it worked pretty well. I mean, Bryce Young won a Heisman two years ago. Um, he wasn't as good as second year, but again, it's, it worked at Alabama. I mean, it was a top offense and he, he in theory got a promotion to here. Um, the one thing I'll say is I just don't think that what he does um, works with the personnel and the receivers you have um, because you, you got to be smart. And I don't, I, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Patriots wide receivers are dumb, but like, and you saw it on, uh, on Sunday, a guy like Tyquan Thornton, like, coming from a Baylor system that is just track meet football, don't really think, just run, and we're going to chuck it long, and we're going to beat a Big 12 cornerback, and you're going to score, you know, however many touchdowns for however many yards in the season. Like, that's the type of offense he knows and he comes from. And then he got, comes into this, you know, timing and reads and, like, you know, understanding coverages and where the pockets are and if it's man versus zone and sit here and run through here. And, like, you saw it on Sunday. There was a play where Taekwon just ran – a slant and he ran directly into a beaming down safety. Mac tried to put it behind him because I assume he thought he was going to sit and it's an incompletion. And then Devontae Parker, the same thing. Like Devontae Parker coming from Miami, like the, the system just doesn't work. You, you need very, very cerebral, smart wide receivers. And that's why it worked with Julian Edelman, former quarterback. It worked with Jacoby Myers, former quarterback, and you let him go. And so it's just the, the pairing of O'Brien's in this sort of, you know, Patriots, I guess, system with the personnel you have, get Mike Kosicki, same thing. Him and Mac aren't on the same page. It's week 12. It is week 12. How are you not on the same page? You haven't taken Gesicki out of the lineup. You haven't taken Mac out of the lineup. It's not like there's any um, absence of, you know, getting on the same page. That's all you've been able to do for the last five, six months, and they haven't done it. So I just think you need, you know, smarter more cerebral, I guess, personnel for O'Brien's system. And you expect a lot out of them, but uh, in the end, it just didn't work here. And I, I don't think it's going to be around here much longer. Agreed. I mean, I think we all think there's a, a massive overhaul coming in yeah. six more games when you know, I wrote the column the other day. Robert Kraft's time in the spotlight is just about here. It's time yep. for him to walk the walk, talk the talk, do the deed. Where he's he, he kind of taste tested us last year with the letter to season ticket holders and the press release of like what he was kind of doing. It's going to be a much grander version of that in early January this year. I'm glad you brought up Tyquan Thornton though, because mm -hmm. we've used the word broken for Mac Jones. They broke him. He's a broken quarterback. As we're going down my road of mea culpas, let's stick with Tyquan Thornton. I thought his rookie training camp, he was as impressive. And I said this, and I, I stand by what I saw on the practice field. He was as impressive a high-end rookie receiver as they had had since Deion Branch. I thought he looked good. I thought he ran more routes in a better fashion than people. Because I had kind of been sold on what you're talking about. Like, oh, he's just a speed guy. He's long. He's going to just run down. And I was like, nice, nah, running some slants. He's got some in-cuts right. here. He's, 
And I thought he had a bright future. Then we know he got hurt. Then when he came back, it never worked. But it was also, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt that it was in the world of Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, and the dysfunction of last year. Now I watch him. He's a broken receiver. He does not know how to run routes. He does not know what he's supposed to be doing. Is that one salvageable? Did they break him? Is there any way to get him back to what I saw in August of 2021 or 22, whenever that, 2022, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be salvageable within a different system. Like, I don't Your think it's... Your tone is just like... <laughs> I know. Yeah. Eeyore well, I doesn't mean... think so. <laughs> that did kind of give off an Eeyore sound. Yeah, you're right. But uh, <laughs> no, I just, again, I don't think it yeah, I don't think it works here. I don't think, and there's, there's, you've seen the film breakdowns, I'm sure. And I know Taylor Kyle's friend of the, the Six Rings podcast sort of did a, a longer version of just what and how bad... Tycon is it at running routes like he's 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 running outside leverage on a corner and then trying to run around him on a slant like that's just not football like that's not what you're ever taught even at Baylor when it's a route tree and run as fast as you can like so you're right I mean it is broken I think he's probably thinking way too much on the football field Uh, Julian Edelman talked about this a lot like when you're thinking it's bad you just need to go and you just need to run like you just need to be in conviction and know what you're doing. And he's thinking too much. Um, again, maybe if they bring in a new system and it's in, I don't want to say offenses are more simple now, but they're evolved and they're, I guess, streamlined. And that's kind of what they wanted to do last year with, with Patricia and, uh, and judge. And obviously it didn't work because they don't know how to run a regular offense. Never mind how to streamline one, but the new age, you know, college turned pro offenses, the, the, the young wide receivers that come into the league, like they're not expected to run this this complex system that the Patriots do. And so the new the new OCs are kind of like adapting to that. And that's why Garrett Wilson is so good so early. And that's why Jalen Waddell is so good so early. And uh, Jamar Chase, like they're just kind of bringing these concepts here. And it, it turns over much faster because they've kind of and I don't want to say dumbed it down because that's not the point, but it's it it makes more sense. Yeah, they streamline it and it makes more sense, you know, for them to run. And so they haven't done that with Taekwon here, and that's kind of why I think he's broken. So I think another coach could potentially do that for him. I agree with you 100%. I thought last year before the debacle when we were still like, maybe he knows what he's doing with Patricia and Judge. I yeah. I firmly believed the streamlining, the simplification was about young receivers and yeah. young offensive players and – I do agree with you. I think whereas the complex Patriot way is coverages and leverages and the quarterback and the receiver seeing everything on the same page, blah, blah, blah. The modern offense is about motions and window dressings and things to confuse the defense pre-snap and at the snap. But then it's not as complicated afterwards. And I thought that's what the, the plan was. So they could get young receivers that would come right in and contribute like other teams were getting. And obviously it hasn't worked and maybe that'll be the next guy, the next offense, the next idea, the modernization, whatever. Okay. And that's a good point too. I would quickly just, you know, thinking about the whole, the difference in the offenses, because like, it's the same idea. It's get the defense in a position where you're open and we throw you the football here. But it feels like to me in the, the O'Brien McDaniels Patriot system, it's okay. If you're in this coverage, and this person's here, and they're in zone on this side and cover six on one side, and there's a lot of crap that goes into it, and you need to sit here because this and that, where like the newer McDaniel-type stuff is a lot of that. You're right. Short motion, window dressing, speed, get them spun around, and all like it's almost going to be too 
obvious not to throw the football there because he's so wide open. Right. Where the Patriots is, this is going to have to all be perfect right now at this exact moment. Does that kind of make sense? I, you get what I'm it, saying? It does. Yeah. And I do believe the Patriot way in a perfect world is the better way. I think there is more um, possibility for consistent success, mm-hmm. even against good defenses. But I just don't think they have the personnel, the brain power, the experience Agreed. at quarterback, at receiver to run it. So sometimes you just got to make do with what you have or kind of change what you're doing for your talent. And again, I thought they tried to do that last year, just didn't execute it, probably didn't do it with the right people, that kind of thing. Okay. Right. So let's jump into the Crucial Clashes, Cadillac's version. Got to get that right. first. Cadillac's Crucial Clashes. Um, the LA Chargers come to town, Gillette Stadium, Sunday at one. Um, four and seven football team that is underperforming because a lot of people believe their head coach stinks. And a lot of people believe the coach on one sideline could be the coach on the other sideline next year. I don't yep. necessarily want to get into that big picture item. Although I do think it's interesting that for the second home game, a team that is rumored to be maybe a potential landing spot for Bill Belichick if he is indeed gone, which, by the way, check the numbers. The majority of Patriot Nation wants him gone. I'm using my poll. 53% said, yes, they want Bill Belichick gone. Over 1,800 votes, so it's Quinnipiac approved that poll. <laughs> um, but another time when, like, if Robert Kraft wanted to talk to a Spanos or if Jonathan Kraft wanted to talk to a Spanos, like, hey, your coach kind of stinks and ours is kind of petering out here. If you're ever interested... You know, a third round pick might get it done. Like conversations could be had under the darkness of Gillette Stadium. No one would ever know. So I find that interesting. But the Chargers, and I I love when people do this because I always poo-poo it. Like, oh, the Patriots lost some close games. Most games in the NFL are close games, really. Mm -hmm. The Chargers have five three-point losses. Yeah, They could be a nine and two football team like that um, with maybe better coaching. Maybe that's as simple as that. So let's get into this. Justin Herbert. So opposite ends of the spectrum here. Mm-hmm. Or, or I don't know about opposite ends, because I guess like Mahomes would be the opposite end of the Patriot spectrum at quarterback. But Justin <laughs> Herbert has all the talent in the world. He's big. Mm-hmm. He's athletic. He can make all the throws, which I know some of you people in the uh, Pats beat think is a bad thing. I think he can actually make all the throws. I think no, I do. A- <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I don't think that was that was a, a bad thing from Bill yesterday. I don't. Yeah, because that's what it was, right? If Bill says that about you, you're a bad quarterback. <laughs> right. and, and to be fair... Bill's defenses have done a nice job against Herbert, but mm-hmm. so Justin Herbert comes to town, putting up numbers as he does 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. Like what's that all about? Wait, you can throw more touchdowns than interceptions at the quarterback yeah. position. How's that work? Um, Keenan Allen, as always is their go-to guy going to have a hundred catches probably the, by the end of this week, even yep. though he has like a third head growing out of his uh, shoulder. Where he's <laughs> That's insane. Huh? Shoulder. Yeah. Um, Austin Eckler is who he is. He can score touchdowns. He can be banged up. Um, Defensively, they obviously have Khalil Mack, who had a boatload of sacks in one game, but still has sacks. Uh, Bosa's banged up. Like, they have talent kind of spread all over the field. So where are you going with Cadillac's first crucial clash in this must-win game for somebody? (laughs) Must must lose. Uh, Must lose for the Patriots. Must win for the Chargers. Uh, A quick aside. I said this on Breaking Boston today. Do you agree with this? Mm-hmm. So Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham, whoever plays quarterback, there's only two options I want to see as a Patriots fan down the stretch, six games to go. One of those is somehow they go six and oh, you entertain me. I, the catch fire. I have so much fun, even if it's at the cost of the future, but it sure. would be like an enjoyable December. 
or you go zero and six and you get me a top two pick in the draft. Like those, you don't win right. one game here and or mm-hmm. a second game there. So zero and six or six and zero. And since we know six and zero is probably really unlikely, let's go zero and six. I, I I would agree. I also think though that um, six and zero and call me crazy, six and zero. There's other things that need to happen, and then you're like. Oh, maybe if this happens in week 18, we could make the playoffs. Like the Patriots are this close to like a being eliminated this week, yeah. but they can also like run the table and all the crazy other calculations that have happened for them to make it. So I'm not saying that, that that's fun. possible, but yes, that would be fun. You start to talk about the path and things like that and you yeah. scoreboard watch the other way. So, or but more no, likely, they need, go they ahead. Lose. Yeah, they I was need just to go. Say more than likely they're a five and a half point underdog at home against the Chargers, who aren't a great football team. And that's the first of six straight losses. And we can all right. talk about Caleb Williams and Drake May and Marvin Harrison for five months. Exactly. And that's why, again, you mentioned winning one or two games down the stretch. That's the worst because then you end up with the fifth pick and you watch Caleb and Drake May and Marvin Harrison all go before you. And then you're stuck deciding between two tackles, which isn't exactly a bad thing, but it's just not that fun. Anyway, uh, back to the clashes. Number one is Justin Herbert versus Bill Belichick in this defense. Um, that is the guy you mentioned first, and that is the guy that should be mentioned first. Um, among a roster packed with talent, he is their best player. Uh, the quarterback is the most important position in football, and he is, I would say, widely considered a top five talent at the position. You mentioned Belichick talking about making all the throws. Uh, he also didn't he didn't only say makes all the throws, but he said something along the lines of like, he pulls something out with a scramble. I'm reading it now. Pulls something out with a scramble or an extended play. Throws under tight coverage. That uh, There aren't too many guys who can get that in there, but he can. And so it's not just making all the throws. It's making all the throws off-platform, um, finding windows, etc. Again, best player in the game. Um, one of the more decorated, at least statistically, players over the first four seasons in NFL history in terms of yards and touchdowns and I guess people will argue that that doesn't really matter because it hasn't translated to much. Um, but I still think that he just kind of, you talk about the head coach and the fact that they're four and seven right now, like three point games. He's putting up numbers. The offense is scoring points. Brandon Staley, who is a defensive coach, hasn't really held up his end of the bargain. Um, so I'm looking at how they stop Herbert. And you mentioned too, like Belichick, he's 0-2 against the Patriots. They've stopped... Justin Herbert before he's thrown two touchdowns, four interceptions against his Belichick defense. Um, but this, and specifically the past defense hasn't been great over the last three games. And I know they only let up 10 points to the giants and they only let up 10 points to the Colts, but three weeks ago, they let up like 20 something to the commanders or t- maybe it was only 20, but Sam Howell threw, threw for 300 plus yards last week. JC Jackson got toasted by Jalen Hyatt, a rookie, his first hundred yard game. So like, even though they haven't necessarily scored points, They've let up big chunk plays against pass uh, passing offenses. Now Justin Herbert's going to probably actually turn that into points. So I'll be interested to see if that blend of them stopping Herbert before, but their past events now struggling now, like down the stretch here, how that kind of unfolds and how they ultimately stop Herbert on Sunday. Yeah, and you mentioned it. Even though um, Brendan Staley tried to kind of muddy the water because he's a clown, first of all. Um, I mean, speaking a clown. I was a fan of his season one I was a fan of his because I loved his sort of fourth and one fourth and two go for all the time Madden type go for because you have Justin Herbert it got old in like four weeks and I was like what the heck is this guy doing now yeah yeah, so and as Rex Ryan would say another clown that I like he's entertaining on TV that's where clowns should be entertaining me um told him to go back to d3 football that's where you belong he's right and 
to me, he jumped the shark or whatever you want to call it last week when he went on that rant about, you know, we didn't lose because of defense. Uh, Wait, now we're pointing fingers because you run the defense? Because I look at the numbers and it says, let's see, points, the Chargers are tied for eighth in the NFL, scored, and tied for 24th allowed. So certainly looks to me like the defense is a pro. Oh, wait, I look at pass defense. They have the 32nd ranked pass defense. That seems like the the problem of the defense and the defensive coach. So not a big fan of his. Um, Finally, even given Belichick's struggles, he's certainly the better coach in this game. But the problem is Justin Herbert is probably the best entity in this game, if that's even a word. Um, I mean, I know it's a word if it fits appropriate to this conversation. I understand the point, though. I'm in a weird spot on Herbert. Because I think he's, at the same time, one of the most talented players in the game. Maybe the prototype at quarterback right now in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I also believe he's one of the most overrated players in the game. Because if I'm... Adam Schefter, early last season, maybe the year before, said he's already a Hall of Famer. Like, that's he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's a lock. And I'm like, maybe let's just pause a little bit. I know he's putting up good numbers. And so, but again he has a terrible coach that's just dragging him down. Um, so yeah, I love the Herbert, uh, Belichick matchup. I agree with you. Um, he's not Gardner Minshew. He's not right. Tommy DeVito. He is throwing to Keenan Allen and maybe Quentin Johnston, their rookie receiver who probably could do a Jalen Hyatt type performance in, in right. a certain situation. If he catches the ball this time when he's behind the defense, um, and then so, they have Zay Flowers running for two touchdowns all over them too, and they picked Zay Fl- or Quentin Johnson the pick before. Kind of hilarious. Right. Yeah, I don't know why you would ever not take Zay Flowers if you're nope. taking a receiver. Uh, anyway, different topic, different day. Justin Herbert. If I had to pick in this game, will it be more like recent Justin Herbert versus Patriots, or will it be more like I don't know Justin Herbert three touchdowns, three hundred yards passing? I think it's probably going to be the three touchdowns, three hundred yards yeah. passing. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So Justin Herbert will be a key clash with Bill Belichick's brain and Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo and all the other yep. guys involved in J.C. Jackson revenge game for J.C. Yeah. Jackson against the Chargers. Uh, what is the second on our list of Cadillac's crucial clashes? All right. Um, you mentioned the Chargers pass defense, and I agree that that should be a factor. However, I also think that given the fact that, as, as has been reported, uh, it looks like Bailey Zappi is going to start this weekend. Um, I think the recipe for the Patriots is going to be run, 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 run. Yeah, run the ball. Don't make Zappi make too many decisions. Bill O'Brien doesn't trust Bailey Zappi. Like, I feel like that's pretty clear. Um, They cut him. The whole organization doesn't really trust Bailey Zappi. I think they all just know they need a change. I mean, they cut him in the offseason. They let him go. Um, We all know that. So I don't think they're going to make him do a lot, which is why my second clash is Zeke Ramondre versus the Chargers run defense. Um, They ran the ball well last week. Many believe that this whole, when I just said the run, run, run game plan, many believe that that should have been their game plan last week against the Giants, and they probably would have won that game. They probably would have won that game if they they dusted off the Bills playbook from 2021 and kind of just went into it like that. Obviously, they didn't, but they still ran for like 150 yards. Ramondre had the touchdown, close to five yards of pop, like, that's winning football, how the Patriots probably want to win football games. And so um, the Chargers and I looked at uh, a few stats. They're like middle of the pack as far as run defense this season, but they allow just over 100 yards a game. And most of their explosive runs 
um, over the last three weeks have been zone runs to the right side of the defense. So if I can look at that and see that that's where you have to go, so should Bill O'Brien soak in the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Just hammer the ball. Find the weak spot in the zone, in the in in their defense. Um, again, it's not as bad as their past defense, but I also think that they don't want to outsmart themselves in that regard and try and make Zappy, you know, do all this crap and throw to, you know, people. And like, I just, it's the way I said that is kind of funny. They don't want Bailey Zappy to have to throw to people, but I think that is the case. Right. So they're going to try and run the football. And I think that this matchup is is sneaky big to see just how good Zeke and Ramondre can be because Ramondre was good last week. Zeke still clearly has stuff in the tank. So um, see what they can do. And that kind of can be your, your big recipe to win this game. Yeah, over the last month, they've run the ball better than they have all year. Ramondre Stevenson has looked like the guy I thought he would look like coming into yep. the year. Uh, Bill O'Brien said, we've run the ball better because we've run the ball more. He feels like yep. it's a volume thing. Um, and if you look at it, if you're going to pull sort of silver linings out late in the year here, three straight games, 80-plus yards for Ramondre Stevenson. The average is on the way up because one of those games was just that 64-yarder. But, no, he's run the ball more consistently, productively. I would use the term violently he's finishing runs running people over i love what i see from ramondre stevenson and ezekiel elliott as well um i agree with you in the sense that that's the right thing to do even though the numbers may not suggest that you look at the past defense rating and all those things the problem is i think you could have beat the colts in germany doing that i think you could beat the giants in new york doing that i'm not sure you can beat justin herbert doing that because i do think herbert's going to put up some points and you may not be able to win the game with just 11 points which you could have won the game with 11 points each of the last two times you took the field you're probably going to need to get in the 20s to beat justin herbert but um i love and little sneaky again silver lining if Ramondre stevenson runs the way he has the last month over the final six weeks he will get over a thousand yards for the season for the second straight year build his own little personal resume i think he's at 580 so only needs to average about 70 yards a game over the final six to get over a thousand. I'd like to see that because, you know, we haven't had too many things to cheer for personal accomplishments, positive right. this season. Um, but yeah, so I would absolutely think the early approach with Zappy will be to run the ball. The question is, do the chargers force you out of that by going up? I don't know, 17, three at halftime. And now you're chasing points and can you stick? With right. It? And I'm interested too, looking at that in that whole zone, the zone run thing. I said, that was from, that was from Taylor again, from CLNS who, who, who dug that one up. I took yep. it and stole it for the clashes. But anyway, um, that whole zone run scheme that they tried to implement last year. Now they've gone away from it. And of course that that's going to be the, that's going to be the way they, they do this uh, can win this game. Obviously they're, they're not going to change their whole run scheme, but Kind of interesting to note that that's that's how you beat the Chargers. I mean, it, it's yep. it's all it's all relative as far as how you actually run the football, but uh, I find that interesting. That whole the zone also zone interesting that so you said zone runs to the defensive right, the yeah. offensive left. Is yeah. that yeah? So it's also interesting that I think they've actually run better to their offensive right of late behind Mike on Big Mike yeah. and City. So yep. and but if you run left. That is where Cole Strange is, where a lot of people believe Cole Strange was drafted to be a zone-blocking right. guard in that sort of transition. So there is some interesting there. But you also have it. Connor McDermott, Trent Brown kind Trent of Brown. rotation there. Yep. So Yeah, there's there's a lot of questions. But, yes, on, on the surface, run the damn football. They ran yes. it 31 times last week. Hell, let's shoot for 50 this week and see if we can steal a win, I guess. Sure. Um, or not, because we don't really want him to steal a win, but entertain us for a little while with Ramondre. Uh, the third on Cadillac's crucial clashes for Patriots Chargers Sunday would be. Yep. So we've done this the last couple of weeks where 
it's clashes, but it's a bad football team, and we kind of try and have fun with it because it's kind of hard to dig for matchups when there's not really much to dig for. And so I'm going to go with Brandon Staley versus Bill Belichick. And we've already kind of hit the nail on the head with this uh, down the thing, but it Rock is em, the hot, em, robot yeah. style. Can they like fight? <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's the two of them and it's the hot seat bowl. And I look at um, sort of how the, both these guys are going to coach. And I know that Belichick, like we say hot seat, but I still, and we were in agreement with this. Everybody sort of said it. Like if they get blown up by 50, they're still not going to fire him here. So I don't think that this game is really, um, I guess, contingent upon what happens with him. I think that decision will already be made outside of this, but I'll be interested to see just how, I guess, the narrative continues to change and how it unfolds with the Chargers in town and what you start to hear about Belichick's next step if they continue to lose games. On the other side, Brandon Staley, 4-7, and team that went to the playoffs last year, blew a big lead. I'm surprised he's still in L.A. Um, They've lost three in a row after starting four and four and having a hold of a playoff spot again, now they're four and seven. If they go into Foxborough and lose to the Patriots who have also lost three in a row and are two and nine and are the worst team in football, them and the Carolina Panthers, it wouldn't shock me if you saw Brandon Staley get fired by Monday. I don't know if that's something that the Spanos want to do. I don't know if they want to kind of cut bait earlier, if they just want to let him run through the season. Like I'm not familiar. I'm obviously not familiar with their thinking. I also haven't heard anything from the Chargers standpoint, but it's two coaches that are kind of on their wits end. So as things go down the stretch in this game, if they try and sort of win the game a little bit more for themselves, if Staley makes a couple more silly decisions to kind of try and save his job, I'm just the the storylines around both of these teams and where they're at versus where their owners and GMs kind of think they should be at um, is fascinating in itself in this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, And two very different situations because like Bill Belichick, obviously great career, great resume, great legend. Brendan Staley, as you said, most people turned on him midway through his first season. Like, this guy's right. a terrible coach. You're going to waste years of Justin Herbert's life here. And they have been wasting years of Justin Herbert's yep. career and life here. Um, and I know the Spanoses are not a real um, cash fluid, cash rich organization, but right. it doesn't really matter. You're just going to name an interim coach. You're going to bump, you know, Kellen, um, Kellen, Kellen Moore, Moore. up. Yeah, to like coach whatever for a few weeks. And I do think if Brennan Staley has anything like what happened last week where he looked like a broken man at the podium, kind of like yeah. Mac looked like a broken, it, it might be time to say, you just need to go away. You're you're yeah. embarrassing yourself, our franchise. We right. can't continue to put you out there. So I do think that's interesting. And certainly the layer I talked about early, like Bill Belichick, could he be coaching the team on the other sideline the following year? Um, Gary Myers report that the chargers would make sense. And Bill likes the West coast. And yeah. although Bill still thinks the chargers are in San Diego, somebody should tell him if he takes the job, he has to live in LA. It's not San Diego. Yeah, I'm right. aware of that. Um, another no, that- interesting piece. And I was just kind of not, it's not interesting. It's just kind of a, a thought that came through my head with the whole bill going to LA and if they have to trade for him and what, whatever this, if bill were to go to LA I think he would take McDaniels there with him. And I think him and Josh would kick ass with Justin Herbert. That's what I think. Though the Chargers and GM Tom Telesco, like Telesco is a good general manager. He's brought in a ton of talent there, but it hasn't translated with the head coach. Bill's not going to want to give up general manager power. So they're going to have to fire Telesco as well. Imagine the Patriots hired Tom Telesco 
And then Tom Telesco has JC Jackson back on his books next season. I just thought that would be kind of funny and what he would that do would with that and how he, how he would decide on what to do with JC Jackson. I'm guessing he would ask him to leave again based on <laughs> yeah. everything we've seen. Yeah. Um, just a Tom Telesco note. I do believe yeah. he is a John Carroll guy. And you okay. mentioned Ooh. Josh McDaniels, John Carroll guy. Okay. Bill Belichick has a lot of familiarity with John Carroll guys, with Nick Casario, and he's a couple in the scouting department right now. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe there'd be a maybe way where they're... he could coexist. Yeah, I like Telesco. that. Maybe he looks at Tom Telesco, and because Bill has said on our airwaves, Greg Hill, like, yeah, you can't do the whole job, blah, blah. Maybe Telesco's a guy he could coexist, trust, work with as he ages, maybe has less energy and needs somebody he really can count on to know talent. And maybe he looks at him and says, he's done a pretty good job with that roster. He's put some talent on the field. It's the yeah. coach that's a boob. So that's interesting. I like I that. That's even, that makes, that makes the connection to LA make a lot more sense. I, I think there's a chance it happens, but yeah. I wanted to ask you before we go, um, get your prediction. But before we sure. do that, so Pop Douglas in the concussion protocol after mm -hmm. that controversial hit last week closed line the whole thing so who is the number one receiver like when bailey zappy throws because even if you're right and they run the ball 35 times he will have to throw at some occasion um wh wh where should he look to have somebody get open and catch the football it's gonna be juju they're gonna have to run it through juju juju's healthy he's the reason i know he brought him there he's probably the the, again, the most cerebral wide receiver they have. Like, I don't think he's made that many mistakes. I just don't think he's that good physically this season. But reportedly healthy, seems to be healthy, at least according to the injury report. He's going to be out there for a majority of snaps, so he's going to have to be the go-to guy. Uh, you notice my my tone of voice went down again when I started to have to talk about the receiver. Oh, I did. But, uh, I mean, again, you, you might have Hunter Henry out there too. Hunter Henry could be your go-to as a pass catcher, but it's going to be him and Juju, I think. And I, I don't know how much that translates. But yeah, not having Pop is tough. And Pop hasn't been perfect this year either. But no, he like his mistakes, I, I can live with them because of his ability after the catch and his ability to get open and his understanding, I guess, of, you know, finding... I guess bubbles in coverage. Like he's a lot better than it. And even if he does, you know, mess something up one time, he'll go for like a 15, 20 yard gain the next play. So, um, right. Yeah. You're, you're going to miss him this week, I think. And it's probably going to have to be Juju that you run your offense through. Yeah. I'm okay with pop making mistakes. He is a rookie receiver right. and he's a little bit like, I don't know, Josh Allen, when everybody bitches about the interceptions, you're like, well, he does kind of carry us offensively when he's on and he makes a lot of plays with his arm. You kind of have to accept a few of the, the interceptions and mistakes to go with it. Pop is a guy that makes plays like right. booty or these Jude, not even Juju. Like these other guys haven't shown the ability to really make plays like pop has. So I can live with right. his mistakes anyway. So let's get down to it. Patriots. Last I checked were five and a half point underdogs at home. Mm -hmm against Justin Herbert and company. Uh, this is the more challenging game they've had since in a while now. They've been playing some equal competition or low-level competition in Germany and in New York. Um, what does Mike Cadlick think about how this game will play out, and who is he picking? Um, I am going to pick the Chargers. <laughs> Stunner. Uh, yeah. So, again, I said it every week, and I'll continue to say it until they prove me wrong. I can't pick with this team. Just can't do it. They – you just mentioned it, the, the three opponents they've played the last three weeks, the Commanders, the Colts, and the Giants. They're on par, same type of team, and they just can't beat them. So now you play a better team in the Chargers. Look, they the last time they won a game, they played up to their opponent in the Bills. They did. Like, we'll give them that. But I just don't see it with this team. I, I, 
They haven't shown me enough to pick with them. I don't think I'm with Dan Orlovsky. I don't think changing the quarterback is going to change much with this offense. There might be a quick spark. They might score one, maybe even two touchdowns. But Ooh. that's not my prediction. That's just me saying. My, my prediction, we'll just give you the prediction. 27 to 6 Chargers. I, I don't they think score it's going to be six again? Six yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think like... they're going to. Yeah. I think it might be a, a touchdown and a missed extra point again in Chad Rylands. So, oh, no, Chad I'm kidding, Ryland? Chad. No, no, I don't know. But the point being, you know what? We'll call it 27-7. We'll give him a touchdown. Chad puts it through. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just I don't see it with this team. They don't have it. They're 2-9. They're and nine. They, There's no reason for them to get any extra motivated this week other than the quarterback change, which it might be fun for the first drive. They might score the touchdown then and not score the rest of the game. Like, it's just – it's tough to say. It's tough to see. But that's the reality of the situation. We're playing for 2024 here. So Chargers win this one 27-7. Okay, so the last important thing we need to talk about, simple question. Yeah. What is a better um, jersey logo look? Patriots throwbacks, which will be on the field this week against the Chargers, or the Chargers baby blues? The Chargers baby blues are awesome. Those are my favorite uniform in football. Um, uh, I'm fine with the Red Pat Patriots, but they're not even my favorite Patriots throwback. I think they need to bring back those Bledsoe blues with the big Elvises on the thing. They okay. need to bring those back next year or the year after. They're also not that good lately when they play in the throwbacks. Like, well, I mean, you you don't need the rest of that sentence. <laughs> They're not that good. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But <laughs> but the throwbacks extra. I mean, they won a game last year with Zappy in the, but then they they had the whole Chicago Bears meltdown. So uh, they just don't do it for me as much as those those Chargers baby blues. And uh, I I think the Chargers have the best uniform set in football. So I like the Chargers. I agree too. Uh, I think those Chargers uniforms might be the best uniforms in all of sports. Yeah. I've always said this. I wish I was a Chargers fan. I love even like their simple hats, the baby blue hat with just the the bolt over the yep. top. Like just they got a great makeup there um, out in L.A. now, not San Diego. Bill. Yeah. So he's Mike Cadlick. He has the Patriots not looking very good yet again, this time at nope. home and losing a game, which everybody can cheer for. For my prediction and the way I think the game will unfold, which I have an interesting take on it, um, go on over to the Six Rings preview pod and bet pod brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make every moment more. We'll be back next week when the Patriots play on Thursday night football, correct? We got a short week. Coming. Yeah. Cadillac's crucial clash has got to get their crap together early in the week for yeah, a we uh, do. Thursday night affair. Three straight primetime games maybe on the horizon for the Patriots we'll see if there's any uh schedule changes if so Mike Cadlick will have it all on weei.com as he always does he doesn't quite bring the optimism he had in the summer and early part of the season but he's still he's got his nose to the grindstone he's going to yep. finish this damn season one way or the other for Mike Cadlick I'm Andy Hart this has been six rings and football things Cadlick's crucial clashes